Welcome back to the FAAA podcast, coming to you from the Congress in Adelaide, and I'm with Brent Fairhead. Welcome. Thanks, Fraser. Good now, to be here. Now, you're a planner, you're an advisor from uh, WA. You've, uh, you're over here in Adelaide. We're all sort of meeting in the middle with Adelaide, aren't we? Sort yeah, of we in, are. in the way. Uh, the reason uh, we've got you on is because we, we had a bit of a conversation with Sue yesterday on one of the previous podcast episodes, uh, and you are one of the planners that uh, she's worked with when it comes to merging your business. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I want to get to that in a second, but before we do, uh, and, and you're obviously presenting very shortly on the topic, um, but before we do, tell us a little bit about your background and your history. Yeah, um, started in the industry in 1998, so been in been in the industry 25 years. Oh, pre-FOFA, yeah, love it, pre-fofa. yeah, the old cars. Yeah. yeah, got a got an offer of a job down at the footy club to come and do some tax returns with with an accountant. Um, yeah, and they just I don't know, after about six months thought they might get into financial planning and asked me if I wanted to to do that, and I didn't really know what it was. So, but I gave it a crack and. Yeah, we sort of uh, built the business, accounting, financial planning, finance broking, multi, multi-discipline um, over a long time and did a lot of acquisitions and grew to, I think I was a fifth staff member and we got to 80. Wow. So we grew pretty big. big um, yeah, and we did a, we sold out to Count Plus and, um, um, you know, we were part of Consolidated Group and I was with the Count Network for a long time um, and, yeah, I've just been um, in, uh, but Purely focused on financial planning and self-managed super specialist um, with a lot of tax background as well, a lot of business consulting work. Um, yeah, and then we were lucky enough to be able to do a management buyout to buy the business back off Count Plus with a few of my colleagues in 2014. Um, and then we, um, yeah, we sort of downscaled a little bit and um, got it back to a more manageable level. And um, yeah, we operated that for about eight years. And then... Yeah, as you do, I guess we uh, the one lesson that came out of that was that we, that my colleagues and I probably didn't choose to go into business together uh, as partners. We're all employees in the business and opportunity arose to buy the business. So by default, we and, became partners. And I think that's probably, you're not the only one in that boat, right? Yeah. Everybody comes up, somebody turns up, opportunity, this person, that person, and all of a sudden you're uh, your business partners. Yeah, so... And that's been a big learning for me, which I'll talk about today um, a little bit later. But you know, the I guess the uh, the point of it was that it, it, by by going through all of that, and you know, I did a lot of acquisitions where we spent a lot of time making sure there was a cultural fit, making sure the business was able to be bolted on into the accounting firm. But I guess when we yeah we didn't go through the same thought process when we had an opportunity to buy because it was just eyes wide open and it was like this is a great opportunity. Um, yeah, and then it got to the stage where uh, you know we were about to renew a lease, and we had one of the partners sort of say, oh, "I want to go and do my own thing," and you know, few of them they probably didn't get along as well, all the accounting partners, and yeah. So in the end, we just sort of um, we're all civil, but just decided. Well, did you feel like you as the as the relationship advisor was getting the middle of those relationships and trying to play middle person? Well, I sort of have. I had um, we got common relationship client relationships with all of them um, whereas they had their own relationship with their client and that's it um, so yeah it was it was trying to and you know life's short I wanted wanted to try and keep it amicable um, so and, we just and worked, sometimes those relationships yeah. you're better off to call them when you're still amicable yeah <laughs> rather than waiting until uh, you know 10 years time and everybody absolutely hates each other yeah 100 percent and I thought I thought well we we do advise on business restructures and and all of that so if we can't if we can't work this out together then yeah we got we got problems and but then 
the fact of unscrambling an egg, um, it's pretty difficult. And um, it took us a few years to really work through the process and we held back the client communication around the demerger till till late. So we we started operating independently in the firm, still under the same brand, and, and got all of the back office staff knew, but we asked them to keep it confidential. And then eventually we told the clients and... Yeah, and it sort of it, it worked okay. It, it you know we rebranded at that stage, um, and, but whilst whilst I was re, whilst I was demerging, I was also weighing up what I was going to do after. You know, am I going to own one hundred percent of a financial planning firm and self managed super accounting business? Um, you know, uh, or am I going to try and find another partner? Which you know, I just sort of come out of. Yeah. A partnership not working, yep. um, but I also on the other side wanted to get scale because I I would have ended up with a high paying job and not a business. Um, so I wanted to create a business that wasn't as reliant on me, um, and that I was able to um, you know empower other people, get more advisors, and I saw a massive opportunity obviously in the industry um, to grow. Um, but I didn't want to grow just with me having to do everything. Yeah, you know? I'll, I'll find out about that good stuff in a second. Yeah. Uh, but but as you said, unscrambling the egg, that's a difficult, there's lots of difficult conversations yeah. and compromises. Yeah, yeah, there was. And that's probably where it got a bit testy with everyone because whilst you all agree in principle, you know, when, when it comes down to the, you know, the money and the staff and the... Um, client, the is client ownership a big part of that? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. But we, I guess we were all... Um, we all seem to be lucky enough to be managing the level of clients that was sort of equal to our equity in the business. So it wasn't a partnership where we're all equal shares. It was a corporate structure where we all had different shareholdings, um, which probably caused probably some of the issues anyway. Um, and what about valuation methodology? Yeah. I, mean, I think that's that's interesting when you're buying in or selling, in, but to demerge and, and trying to work out. Yeah. We pretty much just went on gross fees. Yeah. And rather than even looking at EBIT or anything, because we were in this big, you know, big group where we were turning over X amount, and in the end we just split gross fees and tried to get them sort of equal to what, uh, you know, what our equity position was. But but it was the tax advice and everything behind the scenes around making sure we didn't trigger capital gains tax and stamp duty, and then who was paying for those that cost and um, who was who was left um, you know, payroll tax issues and degrouping and you know and, and I would imagine staff would have been an interesting one too because try, as a as a management or board level you would be going well I'll take that start but then those staff members all would be have loyalties and, and for different people and wanting yeah. to go at different spaces yeah yeah we did and that's why we sort of spent those couple of years sort of trying to get before we even told the team, we sort of structured in a way where we had these teams set up so everyone was used to it. So it was really pretty pretty easy for the team to accept what we're doing. But, you know, there was also some redundancies for some shared staff and we made sure we gave them plenty of notice and helped them get another job. And, um, yeah, so it was there was a lot to think about. The action list was pretty big. Um, and in the meantime, you still got to keep seeing clients and, yeah. and, and, and retain the revenue. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so... Um, but we, yeah. And so you basically started the process of you thought you wanted to be part of a bigger business that could sustain, especially if you want to go away on holiday or something, yeah. that there's going to be other people in the business. Uh, how did you then bring that together? I know obviously we talked to, to Sue in the previous episode about having a, a structured process in place. Yeah. Um, I guess I was uh, I was talking to a couple of advisors, um, you know, just around what their plans were, people I knew, you know, I didn't really go out and seeking or advertising, it was just sort of like, 
And there happened to be an advisor down the road who I knew really well, and we'd sort of just met at a couple of, you know, a couple of uh, workshops with the SMSF Association. So he he runs a very similar business, SMSF focused advice. Um, so we sort of started dating, I guess, in in some respect. Just sort of started chewing the chewing the fat and um, thinking about what could be. And then I guess the turning point was, yeah, we both sort of felt that we needed, we'd like to be able to have someone else to share the leadership with, share the decision making. Yeah, it's a lonely world when you're a sole practitioner. Um, and I was lucky enough to have Sue uh, as my business coach, and you know I talked to her about everything, and she's been really good. So yeah, we ran a, a full one day off-site with her where she really pulled apart the reasons why why are we doing this you know and are we aligned and um asking some difficult questions over here to answer yeah Yeah. we had to hang out any dirty laundry we had and we had to we went and did personality profiles beforehand which was actually really good um we had this external consultant that sue put us on to 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 do and we are just align where our strengths were what our personality was what our weaknesses were and we were totally the opposite in terms of strengths and weaknesses which was and she said you're very compatible around that so that sort of led into us defining what lanes that we're going to be responsible for in the business and having trust in each other that we're going to allow that person to, to do their job even if they didn't do it it's actually actually nice to be able to say "I'm, i'm not very good at that i don't enjoy it and you are it's all yours, yeah. right? <laughs> like you want to arrange, you like process and and you like compliance and Excellent. you like doing you, the audit and all that and the financial stuff. Oh mate, no worries. And you don't like what sales and and leading and going out yeah, finding new yeah, clients. Well, I love yeah. that stuff. Excellent. You yeah, know, yeah. so it was sort yeah. of um, yeah. It's it's actually been really good. And and the, the I guess the the big focus we had was culture with our with our team and what type of culture what were our values did we share the same values and what type of business did we want to create and you know once the teams met on a social level and and even in the office they all just clicked and we're very lucky we we just i think we ended up having a pretty toxic culture where we were and um and the team just saw where we were heading and they just could see the positivity and they could see that we were moving into our own premise we'd rebranded and that was when we rebranded we I needed to change names, but my future business partner didn't. So we sort of used his brand. We rebranded to a business name similar to his, and we come up with a fresh logo, and then he joined. Yeah, so it wasn't a big change for him, and it was a pretty big change for us. Um, so but it sort of worked. New, new premises, new branding. Uh, there's always, um, you know, pains in, around those as well. Yeah. Uh, but tell us about um, tell us about that for your clients. How did your clients go through the transition? Um, yeah, the, the clients, I guess the main thing they say to me, like when you talk to them, well, we'll, we'll be still dealing with you and your team. Yeah. Oh, no worries. We don't really we don't care what you call. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It's funny um, how much effort we put into branding yeah. and logos. The clients go, well, I don't even really care about that. But anyway. It's actually been good though because we, yeah, they've been, they, a lot of them were part of Lawrence for a long time and, you know, they'd come in and they'd see the accountant and see us and we're all part of one and. So it was probably more them trying to understand the differences of what we were going to be doing and what their accountant, and that we were still going to be working with their accountant, even if they're in a different office. And we tried to give them some comfort around that, that we're just, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our communication pre-moving out was on email, and we're still communicating on email and phone. And, yeah. you know, I said, so we're, we're still going to be catching up at tax planning time and when your financials are done, and I'm going to be talking to your accountant all the time, you know. So 
I think that was the main challenge because that was the main thing that people were concerned about from a client level, not the branding, not where we were, but the fact that we were now, they're now going to be dealing with two firms yep. when they were dealing with one for a that, long time. Fantastic. So you now moved into the new premise. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've got rid of all of the bugs of reconnecting to internet and all the other yep. things that uh, that annoy the crap out of people when they're moving offices. Yeah. Tell us what does uh, what does the future look like for you guys now? You? Um, well, the other thing we did was we uh, brought uh, three of our junior, well, three of our advisors on as minority shareholders at the same time, or just after. So we've sort of staggered that in the first twelve months, which has been good. So we've sort of those guys all own five uh, percent each, and just gives them some skin in the game. Is that similar to the corporate buyout structure that you had known and worked through before? Yeah, pretty similar um, in that we just, yeah, a little bit different. We had some, we've got a different shareholder agreement for the employee shareholders. and um, But I guess I just I just asked them, are you interested? Are you interested in owning part of the business? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. You know, And they'd all put in the hour, put in the years of service and they'd brought clients in. And, you know, so we just come up with a valuation methodology that was a discounted model to, um, so I think most financial planning firms get sold at six times EBIT and we sold to them at four times. Right. Um, just as a bit of recognition to, uh, you know, to, to, to the effort they've put in. A and, bit of loyalty. And I didn't want beginning. to charge them top dollar. Yep. You know, it's not about the money for us. It's about having, to us, they're a bit more of our succession as well, you know. They're, they're the ones that are going to be running this business in 10 years' time. Yep. And, um, and do they have now a pathway to continue that uh, investment to, to buy in? Yeah, so we sort of did that at a discount just to just to get them on board, and and um, we've since bought a finance broking business as well, and we're merging that in. Um, so we sort of wanted, we knew what we wanted to do. We've probably done it a bit quicker than 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 what we should have. Uh, we've probably caused a few internal just right, rip the bandaid off and let's just That's do it. That's always the way. But there's there's you, no right speed, right? You're either going too fast or too slow, but yeah. it's very hard to get it perfect. Yeah, so we're doing that and then, yeah, there'll be opportunities for the guys to own more equity at some point for sure. Um, we haven't really talked about what that looks like at this stage because we've just sort of pretty fresh in terms of allowing them to buy in initially. Um, but that'll that'll form part of the discussion over the next few years for sure. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And it also gives you an opportunity to say, like, when if you do want to retire at some point and down the future, then there is a there's a whole succession plan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we've got two guys coming through. We've got a P, an advisor in his PY now. Um, he's been with me three years. Uh, he's out of uni, and another one who's just finishing his DFP, and he'll start his PY the following year. So uh, the future's looking good. We've got we'll end up with six advisors there. We do need a. I'd like to get a female advisor in at some point. We're we've got a very good diverse. Um, gender uh, mix in the business so we've got more than 50% of our staff are, are female um, but we don't and, and our practice manager and, and projects manager internally are female but in, in advisor level we don't um, so that's something that I'd like to probably investigate over the next couple of years if the opportunity arose um, I think it's important to to, um, to have some uh, um, gender equality at the top, at the advisor level as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and the ownership level. And the ownership yep. level, 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Fantastic. Anything else you're working on in the, over the next sh- shorter and medium term? Oh, we are trying to uh, implement video SOAs. Oh, what um, a great topic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've been, I guess, I was gung ho ready to do it earlier in the year and we came to that workshop that you ran. Um, but I guess when I went back to the team, 
everyone was pretty because we've done acquisitions, mergers, and move office. Everyone was just like, "Can we just <laughs> can we just take a breath?" So we sort of haven't been pushing it hard, but we 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 aimed to roll it out by the end of Q2 of this financial year, which is you know we're in. Um, so we're in the throes of it now, um, and really looking forward to it. Um, we're just getting the tech sorted. Uh, we've sort of got the process sorted, um, and we're just going to have a crack, and and we'll have to refine it. And yep, nothing's ever you know, perfect the first time no, you do it. No, yeah. but I'm looking forward to it, you know, because we we do all the work anyway, and we just we just don't. Yeah, we're just not going to produce a 50 page document. We're going to produce a 50 minute video that yep. they can watch over and over yep. and uh, rewind and pause. Absolutely, and um, yeah. So perfect. All right. Well, Brent, thanks so much for stopping by the podcast, Dan. Good luck with the presentation. Thank you. Uh, I know you're about to give it, in, 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 uh, you've got to race off in a few minutes' time to get it done. So uh, thank you for popping by and sharing your journey with everyone. Thanks, Fraser. It's good, good catch up. Cheers. <laughs>